What's up? What's up? Welcome back to Jack of All Trades, a weekly podcast for you to digest where there will always be a special guest. I'm your host, Jacqueline Renee, aka Jack Jack, Black Jacks, Jackie O, and Trapper Die Jacks if you know me like that. All right, guys, I need all my single ladies to put your hands up. This week, we're going to take it there. We're going to talk about the pressures of being single, specifically for the women especially in the age of social media. So let's get into some of those challenges we face, some of those microaggressions some of you all might hear from time to time. And let's talk about that relationship expert cottage industry. You already know what time it is. So without further ado, let's get into it. All right, this week, Jack of All Trades takes on single pressure. So it's not really a secret, Um, but if you didn't know, I am single and normally I don't talk too much about it, but tonight let's take it there. Uh, Let's discuss some of the experiences of single women, especially in the age of social media and how it can affect their self-image. So I have a very special guest um, who's been very patient with me in my technical difficulties here in this (laughs) motherfucking Mercury retrograde. This is such a Mercury in retrograde thing. Oh, my gosh. So on this uh, recording hot mic, please, if you would introduce yourself. Hello, everyone. I'm Christina Jackson. I'm from Orlando, attended FAMU, where I met Jackie. We met in Presidential Ambassadors, and that's where we became friends. Um, and we're still friends to this day. So I'm happy to be here. Yes, I'm very happy to have you. Thank you for being here. And thank you for that lovely introduction, you know, in in true Rattler fashion there. So, (laughs) so yes. All right. So let's get right into it um, and kick it off with a little icebreaker. Let's get into the hot topic that's been out there all over social media. So Bonnets in public. Are they inappropriate? Lazy? Not worth the discussion? Like, what are your thoughts? I'm going with inappropriate. Um, I remember in high school, people would come to class in pajamas. Of course, you'd never see this at FAMU, but some of the the white kids would come to class in pajama bottoms and sweatshirts and... Mm -hmm. It would just give off the appearance of I just woke up, rolled out of bed, didn't even bathe and came to class. And I'm not saying that bonnets are as bad, but they do suggest that you aren't fully ready for the day. And Mm -hmm. so they're not something that I would wear. um, But at the same time, I would not take out my phone and videotape someone wearing a bonnet. Um, because I think that's a bit much to publicly chastise someone for having some type of protectant over their hair. Yeah. Yeah. I think my only thing is like, you know, sometimes we are on our way to finish getting our look together, like Mm -hmm. going to the nail salon, or maybe you're running to the hair store to get something done. And that means you might wind up in a drive through on the way or something like that. Mm -hmm. But you know, I think there's that level of of grace that I'm willing to grant for those kind of in-between environments that right. are kind of around the hood. But right. I also understand 
that when every other girl you see in Hartsfield Jackson has on a on a bonnet, you know, it starts to become like, okay, like what's really good here? But also to your point, you know, I don't feel like we need to police people. You know, Mm -hmm. it's really it doesn't affect me. It's not affecting you. We all have our biases and our underlying, you know, opinions about what other people have going on based on their look. And I mean, we're, if you're going to have them, you don't always have to announce them. And you damn right. sure don't have to pull out your phone and video people and be like, you know, this is the downfall of the race and all that type of shit. So, right. Because many times, you know, black women are wearing them to preserve their hairstyle, which is probably not in its natural state. So mm-hmm. maybe you got a press, maybe you've got it wrapped. You want to put on the bonnet so that it doesn't get frizzy or come undone. And so this expectation that I have to undo my hairstyle before I go out into the world, even though this might be a hard hairstyle to maintain, might be what is leaving women feeling so triggered. You have to look a certain way. And here I am trying to preserve this look that I have to have. And I'm being chastised for going outside of the house, looking anything less than perfectly put together. So Mm-hmm. That's why I wear my hair natural. I just deal with the curls and the natural texture and I don't even try to maintain a style that might tempt me to put on a bonnet in order to preserve it for the world. Yeah, that's that's fair. <laughs> I stay on a natural end myself. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay, so now that we've got that out of the way, Um, let's get into some of the questions about, uh, the single pressures out there. So, yes. So you introduced me to the term cottage industry. So (laughs) how did you first, um, remember the relationship expert cottage industry starting to expand for us and our peers? I feel like it all started with Steve Harvey, (laughs) act like a lady, think like a man, Uh, That book came out in 2009. So that was right at the tail end of college for me Mm -hmm. and right before Instagram popped off. So Instagram started 2010 and Steve Harvey really ushered in this era of men telling women what they needed to do to get a man. And from then on, we had Rob Hill Sr., who was posting memes and quotes. We have Barry Olesk, who published uh, Gentlewoman. So mm-hmm. just all of these different ways of telling women what they needed to do, if anything, because I feel like Steve Harvey was more of the tough love authoritarian, whereas, you know, Rob Hill Sr. was going to give you the hug, like, girl, you're amazing. Keep doing you. You'll find the one. (laughs) Um, So everybody took their own, had their own little style, but I feel like it was really Steve Harvey that made men feel like, you know, I can, I can make a career out of this. Yes. It was definitely Steve Harvey, like really taking his radio show. And even if we go like a half a step before that, to the strawberry letter segment Mm -hmm. and how on the morning show it went from being all types of different questions to very relationship focused very much you know how do I find a man how do I keep the man that I have how do I Mm -hmm. further the relationship 
And from there, it just kind of took off with the the books and the movies and everybody that ran with it. To your point on Instagram, I'm pretty sure YouTube was a culprit in there a little bit. Yep. Being able to upload videos to Facebook, like anybody that could get in the mix, they started to post that content. So, yeah. And now I feel like it's transitioned from men giving relationship advice to now you see so many family vlogs. You see so oh many goodness. couples that are adding that that next element of see when you do everything right, what you'll get. What you'll get, girl. Here's the family. Here's our our weekly vlog. So it's it's weaved its way into so many different types of influencers now that are out there. Yes. Oh my gosh. Cannot forget about the family experts too. Mm -hmm. Um. Okay. So, what are some microaggressions you may have experienced from others? in regards to your relationship status. So a couple of examples that come to mind for me, you know, you know, you go to a wedding and somebody asks if you're dating or if you're married and then you say no. And they're like, Oh, don't, don't worry. You know, it's going to be you soon, boo. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or when, when people ask other people, you know, Oh, you're so awesome. You're so cool. You're so pretty. You're so fine. Like, why are you still single? You know, mm-hmm. or oh, if you wear this outfit or if you wear your hair like that, you know, you definitely going to get a man. <laughs> yeah, I think the biggest one for me is, you know, I went through a period where I wasn't looking for a relationship. I was just doing me just single mm-hmm. and content with being single. And I remember hanging out with this one girl and The first question, of course, was, are you dating? Why aren't you dating? And I was pretty vague because we were just becoming friends and Mm -hmm. told her, you know, relationships are a lot of work and that's just not something I want to focus on right now. But then she pressed a little bit more and I gave her some more reasons why, you know, relationships aren't always as great as they may seem or guys don't always do what they need to do. And one day she said offhand, you know, oh, I forgot you hate men or you hate relationships. And it was like, how did you go from there to to there? Right. Just because I'm content in my singlehood or I'm not looking for a relationship. It doesn't mean I hate men. It doesn't mean I hate relationships. But I feel like sometimes when you're not on that path of actively looking for a mate people assume that you hate men or you don't you hate relationships when that's just not the case yeah that feels very much like a macro aggression (laughs) right (laughs) not so micro but but I mean yeah sometimes it definitely can feel like that I think the microaggressions I can say I don't feel a need to respond necessarily. And Mm -hmm. for the most part, I think that people are coming from a good place. So Mm -hmm. I try not to, you know, make it an indictment on them or their thinking or anything like that. But I think, yeah, there are definitely still some folks that will look at how you actively pursue relationships or choose not to and make all of these Mm -hmm. other assumptions about you. Right. And it's like, no, like, there's nothing that I have against anybody. <laughs> like, 
I'm mm-hmm. not there's nothing that I have going on that's weird out of the ordinary or I'm not secretly in love with somebody you know Mm -hmm. that type of stuff where people just even if it's not a microaggression they just make a lot of assumptions about what type of person you must be if you are not actively pursuing like a new relationship so Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's very interesting um so what would you say has been the hardest part about dating anywhere from like the early 2010s and into the present day? I think the hardest part about dating in the 2010s, which would have been my 20s, um, was just finding someone who was looking for the same thing. Because I think in college, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of hookup culture. There's a lot of there are a lot of people who do find their husband because, you know, we see a few years after graduation, people start getting married. Mm -hmm. But when I was in it, it just felt like people wanted to hook up so much more. And it was harder to find someone who was also looking for a serious relationship. Um, But then I think now in the, the 2020s or the, um, my thirties, just finding someone who is willing to be vulnerable in in a sense, because Mm -hmm. it, it feels like nowadays everyone's trying to get the most for the least. So men, we went from talking about $200 dates to coffee dates. (laughs) And like, how can we, how can we take the bar lower and lower and lower and lower until it's like almost under, underneath the ground. So it, it just feels like there's so much discussion around relationships and what women are expecting and men are expecting and everyone Mm -hmm. wants to get as much as they can without giving too much of themselves. And so everyone seems a lot more guarded than I remember in my twenties or in my college days. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in the the early 2010s, I was moving away from Tallahassee, you know, moving away from the college life and just really, you know, dating, getting to know people, enjoying the new city I lived in. And there were definitely friends that were taking the serious steps and getting married. So it was starting to become something that, you know, I was that was visible to me. But, you know, I was still just kind of living my life and. I did some online dating um, probably in like the mid 2010s and in Kansas, it wasn't so bad because uh, actually there's a lot of guys from like the military bases on there mm-hmm. and, you know, just people that are either looking for a relationship because they kind of already live a small town life or they're not as you know flagrant about just looking to date around as maybe people in bigger cities. Uh-huh. because when I moved to LA all of that shit crashed and burned so <laughs> right that all went out the window everybody on there in LA is like uh security by day and producer by night so <laughs> it's like no thanks um you know and then life just continues to roll along but you know I think I can definitely agree that I know with social media being what it is today nobody is really portraying the 
the most vulnerable sides of themselves or the the relationship versions of themselves, even mm-hmm. if they are saying like, oh, well, this is me in a relationship or I love to do X, Y and Z mm-hmm. in a relationship. Ultimately, that might be like the message you're trying to put out into the world. But that's probably not exactly how you would behave in a relationship with somebody. So mm-hmm. people are putting out essentially the catfish that they're trying to catch. <laughs> And sometimes you can't be mad at who pursues you or what becomes of it if you are trying to base everything off of like an Internet image. So especially with some of the messages that we've been sold over the past Mm -hmm. 10 years on the Internet. So. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Is there any um, additional online dating in your future? Maybe I've never online. I've never done online dating. Mm. So I've seen some success stories, none in my circle, but I know that it happens. Um, But there's still a part of me that is hesitant because I feel like you can't gauge chemistry online. Mm -hmm. And I'm nervous about, meeting someone weird or having a bad experience. So I'm still a little bit in my head about it. Um, but I live in Tallahassee, so I can't, <laughs> <laughs> I can't avoid it forever. I, I'm definitely going to have to try it at some point because there's, there are only so many avenues for meeting people in Tallahassee for someone who's, you know, in their thirties, like I am. Yeah. Well, you know, you don't have to be lonely on farmersonly.com. So (laughs) just in case you want to check them out, but, um, but yeah, I always told myself I would only go back down the online dating road to join eHarmony.com. Okay. E-Harmony, they got the good track record. They are doing some tests on y'all before they <laughs> pair people up. And they they are suggesting you based on some serious shit. And if a man is paying a subscription or any sort right. of money through, um, I want to say, a credit card or some sort right. of, you know, electronic payment to find a, a partner, I want to say he's serious. What sites did you use before? Plenty of fish, child. <laughs> okay. Pl- plenty of mess. Right. And it was like 2013, 14, 15. You know, so I was feeling good. I was not 30 yet. So, yeah. You know, it was just for fun. Yeah, it was for fun. I was real cute. I was working out, you know. So <laughs> it was, it was great. And honestly, if I continue to live in Kansas full time, Mm-hmm. I probably would have found somebody and, mm-hmm. you know, sailed off into the sunset. But once I moved again, that was another part of why dating just has not been easy because yeah, I have been one of those girls where I have allowed career to dictate things, you know, including moves that I've made in my life. And you're not always going to find somebody that you're serious enough with that is also like down for all of this moving you're doing. Exactly. And will move with you or is able to move with you. Right. Or interested in moving with you, you know, at any point. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, that, that's what's been kind of the challenges, but you know, it's okay. It's a good life. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. So what types of age limits do you have on a potential partner? Or range. I would say range would be anywhere. I'm 35. So 
the range would be anywhere between maybe 32 and up to 45 at okay. this point. Yeah. Yeah, I, I always felt like I had like a five-year range in either direction, but I could like spread that out a little bit more on the on the upper end and maybe tighten it up on the lower end. Mm-hmm. You know what I learned yesterday? Mike Epps, you know, he's a he's a nicer looking older gentleman to me. Oh, very much so. His wife is 36. <laughs> How old is he? 50. Yeah. I, I can see it. Yep. I, I can see and I w- it. I would I would have given Mike the time of day as well. Exactly. <laughs> Beyond age though, what <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like the better question is almost um would you date someone divorced, kids, how many kids? Ooh, you're shaking the table. No. <laughs> No, so man, I, I that is a good question, and I don't think that I would place. I'm not going to place limitations on somebody because they have been married before. Um, mm-hmm. I would say I do need that divorce finalized and on paper, of course. Um, right. Kids, I don't have a problem with kids as like a starting point, but. I think that it's worth understanding like where the kids came from. Did they come from yeah. a marriage? Did they, or did they come from you, you know, just being in the streets and not even just in the streets once or twice, but like, right. You right. know, time and time again, you know, <laughs> I think a lot of situations can be looked at individually, but I think in general, you know, I wouldn't cast anything out right away, but of course, you know, Go through it with a with a comb a little bit and, and see what's really what's really there. So I don't Definitely. know. You are you do you have any hot divorcees in your in your view? None in my view at the moment. <laughs> I would date someone who was divorced as long as it was an actual divorce, not a tentative separation type thing. Yeah. Um and same if if they had kids, I mean preferably two or less um, because I, I would hope that that person is an active father, a present yeah. father. And so if this is someone who's got four kids, three different mothers, I just can't imagine how they could manage all of those kids and baby mamas and me. Yeah. Um, so if it was a situation where, you know, I was married before I had two kids from that marriage we've been divorced for a, a couple of years, then I, I could see it. I could entertain something like that. Yeah. Did you watch Love and Marriage Huntsville? Yes. So, yeah. So you wouldn't date Martel Holt? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. Because, yeah, that whole like, oh, I got all these kids, but I take care of them. It's, it's giving Huntsville. Okay. Because right. that's the right. only way that you're able to do that. Mm-hmm. But... But yes, I digress. So, <laughs> so yeah. So, okay. What do you think of the variations of expectations that are placed on women when they do want to start dating out there? Like, oh, well, you have to do ABC to attract a man. You have to do XYZ mm-hmm. to keep a man. Like, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on like how they come for the girls when they, <laughs> when they are ready to date? 
I feel like there's always been an expectation that women look a certain way, that Mm -hmm. you have to be attractive to whoever you want to attract. So if you want to attract a baller or a rapper, that might mean in 2021, that might mean implants, that might mean uh, silicone injections or BBL Mm -hmm. or the standards. The standards really have changed so much for that group, mm. that um, that type of, of man. But then again, if you want someone who's, you know, working for a Fortune 500 company, you might have to have a certain shape, certain complexion, certain uh, style of hair and dress. Mm-hmm. So there's always that appearance requirement. That's always been around. That's never going away. And I think you have the men like Kevin Samuels who will tell you, you know, no matter how accomplished you are or how much money you make, you still have to be a 10 Mm -hmm. in order to attract the type of man that is on on your level, you know, (laughs) also college educated and gainfully employed. You've got to come with. um the the best figure you can or the best face you can in order to attract that kind of man. So Mm -hmm. I I think if there's been any shift, it's been women being told no matter what you're doing in 2021, you still have to be uh, an IG baddie to (laughs) to get a man. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's been interesting. Like, I definitely agree with what you're saying. Like, you do need to be attractive to whoever you're trying to attract. Um, but I think the the tough part to me is that there are still so many people that look at that, that IG baddie standard and they try to judge everybody by that. And it's just like... Mm-hmm baby I am 37 like (laughs) (laughs) under height overweight like I'm not that girl (laughs) but I think that a lot of people they just figure well as a result of that then you're just essentially expired goods like you're out of the race Mm -hmm. like sorry you didn't win thanks for playing and I think that women bring a wide variety of things to the table that's not to say you can walk around looking like any old thing and in a bonnet yeah right <laughs> wearing your bonnet <laughs> dragging your feet and and find a man that's you know high value but <laughs> I think that a lot more of us are you know also to Kevin Samuel's point like a lot more people are average mm-hmm. you know and have average experiences and even even somewhat above average but not like in a fantasy type of way you mm-hmm. know like if if you are looking to be attracted or attractive, you know, to someone who has gone to college and does well, or if they didn't go to college, you know, they own their own business and they're doing well for themselves, then yes, you might want to try and look good for men wherever they hang out or wherever you are frequenting, wherever you're able to network and meet them. But I don't think that we should always give in to the expectations that like, if you don't have on like lashes, brows, wig, (laughs) kept your, um, 
stomach band-aid on (laughs) (laughs) so that your waist is snatched you know I think at a certain point we have to allow people to really show up as human beings and know that Mm -hmm. not everyone is meeting someone you know to not everyone who is looking for a relationship is going to meet people and say like okay I I like this total appearance that you have and I'm not going to look any deeper than that of course Mm -hmm. there are people that function that way So we'll let them be the outliers, but there are a lot more people that are out there that are looking for a little bit more of a well-rounded person. Like, you know, are you worth my time? Um, Can I invite you into my life and you benefit it or at least like don't disturb it? You know, (laughs) right. There's a lot of other things. So a lot of the external expectations, like you said, they're not really going away, but y'all have to understand too, like real people are real people. So. Mm-hmm. so yeah um okay so we've kind of mentioned a little bit uh one of these characters we didn't mention them up top but <laughs> let's get into the new uh members of the cottage industry that have been keeping it going into present day what are your thoughts on kevin samuels and one Derek jackson <laughs> so like i said earlier for me, it all started with Steve Harvey and then mm-hmm. Rob Hill Sr. and Barry Oless. So Kevin Samuels and Derek Jackson are almost like caricatures of those, <laughs> those men that I mentioned. Yes. Like, this is where we've ended up now. We've got these men who have realized all I need is a phone. All I need is a camera. I can speak to this audience. And as long as I'm telling them what they want to hear or I'm saying what I need to say to go viral or get the clicks, I don't have to work a real job. I don't have mm-hmm. to punch a clock because I can just run my mouth every day and make money off of my engagement. Um, and that's the story of Instagram just in general, when we got on it in 2010, it was a place to load photos and write a caption. And now people pay their bills with their Instagram pages. Mm -hmm. And so for me, when I see the Kevin Samuels and the Derrick Jacksons, it's in one ear and out the other, because I know these people are saying what they need to say to go viral. Yeah. And the bits and pieces, because I've, I don't listen to Kevin Samuels or Derek Jackson, but the bits and pieces I've heard, it just affirms my thought that a lot of what they're saying and putting out there is to line their pockets, essentially. Right. Yep. I don't know when and where Kevin Samuels decided that this was going to be his latest gig, but, Mm -hmm. you know, I think the interesting part with any given relationship expert on Instagram or on social media, like even the way they function, it is on a very much a business hour schedule. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they're mm-hmm. posting 9am to 5pm off on the weekends, and then Instagram turns into a flea market. But exactly. I-, I digress. Um, so it's all about getting the likes, the clicks, the engagement, and then getting the checks from the sponsorships. Um, and I just don't know where he's come from. But you know, as a man that's 50 years old, that is not currently married, 
I don't understand why he feels validated in giving relationship advice to younger women, you know, whether they be in their 20s or into their mid 30s and making them feel any sort of way about who they are. But I also understand they're active participants by by calling in. So it does, you know, beg the question, like, why are we flocking to somebody who doesn't have a successful marriage or relationship that they can really step to us to talk about as like an example of what we can strive for and just allow him to degrade us or break us down, you know, in a certain way. So I don't know. And and to be fair, I don't know why we listen to Steve Harvey. True. Because he was he's <laughs> on his third marriage. Right, he the same way. And so I, I think we have a bad track track record of um listening to men just because they're male and thinking mm. that whether they're in relationships or not, whether they've been successful or not, they they know something we don't know. And that's something that's a habit we need to break. Right. We need to scrutinize these these people, these entertainers a lot more and say, well, where are your credentials and and how are you in a position to tell me as a woman what I need to be doing when you haven't been able to sustain a healthy relationship yourself? Because, you know, Steve is on his third marriage. I think Kevin has been married two or three times. Mm-hmm. Derek Jackson got exposed in his marriage. So none of these people are in a position to tell a woman what she needs to do to get a man um, because they're not even the kind of men that these women are looking for. Um, And so we, we need to employ a lot more scrutiny on these people before we follow them and give them clicks and likes. Right. Yeah. And for Derek Jackson, I think that he has kind of presented himself as the spawn, you know, of the industry. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like mm-hmm. a walking Rob Hill senior quote. <laughs> so he was able to really capitalize on that and probably get even more of the younger generation or the true 20 somethings to follow up behind him because I'm pretty sure he's only about 30 or maybe what, 32 at the most. Mm-hmm. So a, another red flag to me, like, who are you to be an expert on a relationship? And you like are barely 30 years old, but the way he played the angle, you know, you would have thought it was all about, you know, being under Christ in relationship. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people also, you mentioned earlier, they're willing to listen because they're men. And then if you are able to put a little God spin on it, then they're definitely more willing to embrace it. So this whole idea that Derek Jackson is not only helping you to find a relationship with a man, but kind of reaffirming your your desire to want a relationship with a man through your relationship with God mm-hmm. and showing, I don't know if it was images or videos of him being a part of church and, you know, being in in the worship world. <laughs> like it, it, it draws in Mm -hmm, right (laughs) it is gonna draw them in and then sure enough no there are some women who don't want like what these men like who these men really are but they do want Mm -hmm. that persona that they put out especially for Derek Jackson they want 
when he's on his high horse, you know, talking about, hey, you bad guys out there, like, mm-hmm. you don't want a man like that guy because he's bad. And they're like, yeah, I want you, Derek Jackson. <laughs> and, so, right. and then that's how he winds up, you know, filming videos outside of the mistress house. Because mm-hmm. now his head is too big for the lack of shoulders. But I'm going to move on very quickly from there. <laughs> But yeah, so they're just making it, I don't know. They're make they're they aren't making it any easier, but I think we can agree that their gigs are up a lot faster. Like Steve yeah. Harvey had like a 10-year run. Right. These guys they're not going to make it 10 years doing the same shit. If they yeah, haven't already I, I, I think they're I think audiences are a little bit better now at digging up information and exposing people and women collectively are getting tired of being told what they need to do and not seeing men getting the same directives. You know, mm-hmm. no one's telling men you need to be doing this, this and this to keep a woman or, or keep a wife or get a wife. Um, and so I think women are just fed up with having all of these men telling them what they need to be doing in order to get a relationship. Yeah. Yep. All right. So, okay. Scenario. Let's say you get into a relationship. Everything's going well. You really want to take it to the next level. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you just want to, you want to pull the trigger and make that move. So, We've seen a big trend of women proposing to their man. So would you, Christina, propose to a man? Um, I'm thinking no. <laughs> um, it, it, it's a no for me. Uh, and I think, I think the type of guy that I would typically date wouldn't, wouldn't be down for it either. Right. Um, I feel like those kinds of proposals are for specific couples under like certain circumstances but anyone who's putting it putting the proposal on social media is probably not the type of couple that this is really going to work out for right and I think that kind of speaks to tradition in relationships a little bit and I would say I definitely probably lean a little bit I hate when I say definitely, probably, because <laughs> is it one or is it the other girl? But I believe that I'm more traditional in my yeah. thinking, at least with relationships. I agree that it is something for a very specific type of couple. I would say, dare I say, maybe even like a quirky couple. Exactly. Very even keel, like maybe damn near don't even believe in like gender roles or expectations. Mm-hmm. I... I still know that I lean into certain things going a certain way. And if I want somebody that bad and we're dating and I want to be married to them, I will stress that to them. I will let them Mm -hmm. know that's what I want, but I will not be out here doing the proposing. (laughs) Exactly. Not getting down on one of my little knees. (laughs) In public. Not in a public. That part too, because no man is waiting on you to propose like, man, like I just, I want her to propose. So I'm just waiting for the right moment. Like, let me take her to the lake this weekend and maybe she'll propose to me. And they all look so uncomfortable in the videos. 
Yes. So that's, that's where I'm just like, there's no way, even if, even if I thought that that was something that might work out, it would still happen in the private, in the, in the mm-hmm. privacy of, <laughs> of someone's home <laughs> or dwelling. Cause I'm mm-hmm. not, I'm not, I'm not about to play myself in front of everybody like that. Whew, cause that's, cause that's what most of these girls have been doing is playing themselves. <laughs> Okay, so so overall, in general, uh, how do you feel your sense of self has evolved over time to not be measured by your relationship status? So I can say in my 20s, and this is like mid to late 20s, I was definitely more defined by my relationship status and more self-conscious about it or anxious about it because that's a time where you see people getting engaged Mm -hmm. you know people who met their uh boyfriends or husbands in college they get engaged after and start getting married which then makes you reevaluate your own relationships and say well why am i not there yet or what am i not doing and that time in my life coincided with, like we said, you know, the Steve Harvey's, the Rob Hill mm. seniors. And so I kind of soaked all that up, but, and this is not to be bitter or petty, but over time and, and we're 10 years in, you've seen some of those relationships or I've seen some of those relationships uh, break up right. or change. And so it, made me realize, you know, I'm glad that I didn't end up with the person that I wanted at 27. Mm -hmm. Um, And because I'm glad that I didn't end up with that person, it's made me a lot more content in where I am um, in my singlehood. Because what I think a lot of people who read all the books and watch all the videos are doing is they're trying to manifest or or make sure that they get the relationship that they want and it's it's not guaranteed but over these years of seeing the way my life has unfolded and other lives have unfolded it's just made me a lot more content in where I am in my life yeah yeah that's real yep I in the early 20s you know you see it start to flip. You see people quickly moving towards marriage and serious relationships. And I think during that time, I felt like I was going to be on that track. You know, I'm like, all right, Mm -hmm. I'll get on that train sooner than later, you know, maybe, but still feeling like there was time and maybe not feeling as rushed about it. And I think again, as we've kind of talked about transitioning from college life, especially with me coming out like of grad school, you know, so it was, it was coming out of college life, but really like into adult life very quickly because I was already graduating later, if you will. Mm -hmm. So by the time you're graduating from grad school, now you're already like facing down 25. So what feels like you still have time to just live your life. Some people are like, no, like I'm getting on the serious track. So I think as time went on, you know, I accepted that, okay, things are not happening for me in that same way. And I have my own life to live. I am happy that I saw a lot of healthy relationships 
really builds over time. Mm-hmm. And I know some couples that have like a really great foundation and I just appreciate having those couples in my life because mm-hmm. that helps me to focus on the fact that if you do find somebody, you know, you not necessarily compare it to those people, but you can measure, you know, what types of potential you see from certain elements of a relationship from somebody based off of what you've liked from other examples in your world. So, right. you know, I'm like, I'm somebody whose parents are going to be married going on 40 years this year. Mm-hmm. And I think that probably also plays into why, you know, I'm not going to be so pressed about it to the point that I'm going to force it to happen by a certain time or in a certain way, because I know that it's hard work. <laughs> exactly. And I'm not going to like, I mean, I don't want to sound lazy, but I'm not going to rush into that type of hard work. Like I will, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I will trade lightly on that. So, so I think having good examples of relationships and being able to, you know, be around good people that are in relationships that don't, that also don't like center everything that they do on relationships. Like I hate to say that because some people are really nice, but they are subtly always trying to like get you into the club. Like, Oh, like if you're going to hang out with these married people, then you, you know, Mm -hmm. where's your date, you know? (laughs) But Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. When you can just spend time with couples and, and know the people as individuals and as a couple, I think that allows for me to feel like, all right, like as long as I continue to work on being the best version of myself and know that what is for me is for me, that's slightly cliche these days, but I do believe that. I do believe Mm -hmm. that's what, that what is for me will not pass me by. So, you know, I think that there's plenty of time that I can spend on being the best version of myself in the meantime. Exactly. And that's the thing that, a lot of these relationship experts won't acknowledge is Mm -hmm. timing. It's something that none of us can control. I don't think that all of our destinies involve us getting married and having kids by 30. Yeah. And that's something that we all see other people doing and we internalize it and we feel like, I need to be married by 30. I need to have my kids by 35. But, and there may be other reasons why you insist on that timeline, but it doesn't mean that you'll end up in a healthy, successful marriage just because you force it by a certain date. Right. And I think to your point, I've decided not to force a relationship by a certain date. Because I just don't think that all of us are going to find the love that we need or that we're looking for by a certain time. And that's something that no relationship expert is going to tell you directly. You can Mm -hmm. do all the things, but if it's not your time, it's not going to happen for you until it is. Right. And I think that somebody who somebody's former partner we mentioned um Latoya Luckett she was with Rob Hill Sr. <laughs> briefly right engaged yes. and got married and the relationship the marriage was like annulled in a month 
And mm-hmm. if I remember the timeline correctly, she moved on pretty quickly and mm-hmm. met Tomicus through mm-hmm. a pastor and dated for about 10 months, then got married and, you know, had the kids and then things kind of have gone the way they've gone. And, you know, I think on one hand, it's like, all right, you got what you wanted within what you feel was like the time frame that it needed to happen. Right. But then you've also had to let us know that, unfortunately, the relationship hasn't been so great. And right. hell, I can appreciate you being transparent. I can respect that. But, you know, I think that's tough. And I do feel like while she is, well, I'd say to me, it's a good thing that she is working on more of who she is. I guess I'll say what her Instagram, you know, persona looks like again is more about like focusing on her sense of self versus what feels like has been like a hot pursuit of the relationship, the marriage, the fantasy, the, you know, the dream of the, of the, the house and the kids and the husband. Which I think a lot of women experience where you spend your twenties and your thirties in hot pursuit, you get those things and then you realize it's not, what you thought it would be, or it's not the end all be all. And you still have work to do on you. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'll say in an effort to extend grace to her and her situation, she may have felt like, look, I can't have babies at 50. Mm -hmm. So I need to get married and have these kids, you know, as soon as I can, because I don't have time to end this relationship and give another person five years when I want to have two kids. And I think that's something that a lot of people, male and female experience Mm -hmm. where you're 30, you want to start a family, you want to have two or three, three kids, you know, you can't do it forever. And so you just decide, well, this is someone that I've been with and we're going to get married and we're going to make it work because we want to have a family. And that's totally fine. Um, But if you're not as pressed about maybe having kids or having them by a certain age, then you feel a little more freedom to look a little bit longer. Yeah. And then I think, too, again, like what it looks like with her is now that she has the kids, it feels like there's a certain sense of freedom that's returned. Like, okay, now that that's out of the way. Now I can kind of figure out what I really, really do want going forward. Exactly. So, so yeah, um, very interesting. But, you know, hey, you got to you got to feel good about yourselves, ladies, no matter what. (laughs) And, you know, the in the words of the black pescatarian, you know, if you aren't happy single, you won't be happy taken. Happiness comes from crab legs, not relationships. And there it is. (laughs) So keep that in mind. But all right. Yeah. So I definitely appreciate you coming on and, you know, dealing with my technical difficulties. But (laughs) before I let you go, we have to do Jukebox with Jack. So I need three songs, artists or albums that you have been listening to. Okay. So the first one is a song. It's Twerkulator by the City Girls. Okay. We're coming out of the pandemic. It's the summertime. It's what we needed. Yes. Um. So that's the song. 
album Traces of My Lipstick by Escape. I loved the Escape and SWV verses. So it made mm-hmm. me, you know, go back and dig into their ca- catalog. And I never listened to that album mm-hmm. from me beginning neither, girl. to end, but it, it's a good one. It's, <laughs> Maybe it's I really have. Good. Yeah. And it's just been a long time, but okay. Okay. And the third, um, an artist would be Victoria Monet. I, I really love her album. So okay. I've been listening to her a lot. What's her like single or hottest song? Because I feel like I know her, but not by the name. So I think her current single is Friend You Can Keep. Um, but I think her, she had a, a video for it. It's, um, I think the song is Ass Like That. Okay. <laughs> right. It's not a fast <laughs> song. It's a slow song. Um, but it. It's good. Victoria Monet. Look her up. She's okay. great. Okay, cool. I will definitely check her out. Um, okay, so my songs, um, Her, Hopes Up from, I don't know if it was an EPLP mixtape, but I don't even know if Her's album has come out yet. I guess it has. I'm kind of behind, but I like Her from, you know, 2016, 2017, so mm-hmm. that popped up on um, a playlist earlier. Um, Wizkid Essence, still heavy on my Afro beats. So <laughs> uh, Wizkid definitely been giving me the vibes for this past week. And then uh, last one is Erica Badu, 20 Feet Tall. So that popped is into- this, Is that a new one or an old one? No, that's an old one. Um, it popped in my head earlier and I had to like play it to just get it out of my head. But, you know, such, of course, Erica always giving you lyrics, you know, always. yes, you know, so yeah, those are my three. I was going to try and quote it, but I don't, you know, (laughs) it's not coming to me (laughs) the way I thought it would, but oh yeah. She was like, you know, once I get off my knees, I finally recall I'm 20 feet tall. So you know, stand tall, ladies. Let that be our right. takeaway and our message. And all. Wear your bonnets, girls. <laughs> and look your best for who you want. But, you know, don't judge it off of the gram. Because it's one big catfish over there. Right. And, you know, look for healthy friendships and 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 models in your life. Don't be uh, calling into Kevin Samuels asking exactly. for how you can get a man guys come on like, exactly <laughs> we gotta get him out of here so so yes well I appreciate you talking about this uh topic for me that's uh been fairly taboo and and vulnerable for me to indulge on but right. but yes you are you're one of my faves to chat about when it comes to <laughs> to things like this so I appreciate you coming on and uh, hope to have you back in the future. You're welcome. It was a pleasure. All right. Take care. All right. All right. That wraps up another episode. Christina, thank you so much for coming on. I knew this will be a great conversation with you. I really appreciate you riding it out with me. Even in this Mercury retrograde recording that we had, you know, nothing works in Mercury retrograde, you guys. But anyways, really appreciate you joining. Definitely feel like we exhausted all of those topics when it comes to being single and 
talking about the pressures that are out there, y'all. You know, it's hard out here. Let us live. And like I said earlier, to the single ladies, stand tall, y'all. We gonna make it. (laughs) All right, you guys. As always, thank you for listening. And remember, I'm a jack of all trades, a master of none. Not here to be an expert, just here to have fun. Bye, guys.